This Heart of Show Business episode has been brought to you by its sponsor, The Eden Magazine. The Eden Magazine focuses on awareness and educational articles to promote and emphasize humane and environmental content for the next generation of animal lovers. The Eden Magazine is available online and in print to take you to the world of living a healthier, in harmony, and cruelty-free world. Welcome to the heart of show business. I am your host, Alexia Melocchi. I believe in great storytelling and that every successful artist has a deep desire to express something from the heart to create a ripple effect in our society. Emotion and entertainment are closely tied together. My guests and I want to give you insider access to how the film, television, and music industry works. We will cover dreams come true, the road less travel, journey beginnings, and a lot of insight and inspiration in between. I am a successful film and television entrepreneur who came to America as a teenager to pursue my show business dreams. Are you ready for some unfiltered real talk with entertainment visionaries from all over the world? Then let's roll sound and action. Well, hello to all my amazing, amazing listeners on the heart of show business. This season is gold. I'm having one guest after the other that are just giving so much of themselves. And I'm truly grateful. I have an incredibly special lady with me on this show. Not only she's a world-renowned actress, she is international like me. She's an immigrant. She came here to pursue the American dream, just like I did. And she did it. She got herself Oscar nomination. She won Emmys. She's worked with the most amazing filmmakers and writers and studios in the world. And you will be seeing her, or probably, you'll probably have already seen her recently on The Flight Attendant on HBO. And you'll be seeing her soon on uh, Rhinefield, which is a modern retelling of uh, Dracula, but I guess from the perspective of the servant, which I can't wait to hear all about this. But she's also a beautiful soul who really believes in her craft and she defied, she defied Hollywood before being international was a thing because now it's easy. Everybody wants to be on Netflix. Every actor in the world wants to come and make it. But she started when this was not a thing. So Shore Agashlu, I hope I said it right. You said it beautifully. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my show. It's so amazing and beautiful to have you. Thank you for having me and a huge thank you to all your podcast listeners who love to listen to podcasts as much as I do. Yes, yes. And I hope they'll get inspired, which I'm sure there will be. And I have to say, I read the first thing that caught my attention is when I read an interview on Deadline Hollywood with you, where it said that you first came into America, you were going on auditions and casting directors were telling you um, that your type, quote unquote, was limiting you in terms of acting uh, jobs. And I loved how you responded to them. You said, I may be limited in your world, but not in my world. What a powerful statement. Would you please elaborate? By all means. I meant that I'm not limited in my world because there are millions of people 
who are in exact same situation as I am. If I don't belong to your world, then I go to the people of my world and start working with them. I never forget the third audition that made me to stop auditioning was that I was auditioning for a very um, Middle Eastern woman. Soon as I got in and I started walking towards the uh, casting director's desk, before even I get close to her, she said loud, she said, she said it loudly and she said, oh, no, 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 go home. We're looking for a downtrodden woman actress to play this role. You're too beautiful for this role. Although I could have, should have perhaps been happy to have received such a great compliment. But on the other hand, I was so offended thinking that this woman has no idea of how talented I am, that I'd be able to portray that downtrodden woman that she was referring to. I had read the script. I knew exactly what was going on. I was there to act. I wasn't there to be myself. That's why I said, okay, I don't belong to your world. I belong to the people of my world. I came home. I told my husband, I said, we're both theater people. I said, why don't we start doing Farsi-speaking plays for Iranians in diaspora, not just in the US, Europe, Australia, Canada. And we did it. 15 years we lived in our suitcases. He wrote, directed, and produced our plays. And uh, our group, which I jokingly call them, our Ingmar Bergman's group, we all traveled together. In Europe, we traveled with trains, of course, Australia, planes, name it, we would take it to get there and to perform. Wow, what an incredible story. And isn't it sad how Hollywood has more reasons to say no to you than to say yes? They will always find an excuse. You're too beautiful. You're a foreigner. Oh, you look too good for your age. Therefore, we won't cast you. You're too old for this. There's always like you too, you too, you too. And I love that you took the matters into your own hands and you created this company with your husband. Now, as a multi-hyphenate, being both actress and producers, did you find it challenging as a woman to have a point of authority being seen something more than just an actress because obviously in your community is different right because it's like me being with my fellow italians they're gonna go oh great we love you let's have some pizza and we'll just start talking about art but hollywood is a little different was it challenging for hollywood to start taking you seriously when you were doing more than just acting like your product line your hair you know your business with your hair and all of that I've always believed that if we love something enough, we stick to it. And therefore, we'd be successful no matter what. It is not important what other people think or say. It is important what I believe in. And every time, especially with show business, be it in front of the camera or behind the camera, if I commit myself to do this, then I will execute it with self-confidence, not thinking that, oh, I won't be able to do this. If I feel like that, if I if that thought ever crossed my mind, I would stop doing whatever I'm doing right there and then. Like for 20 years, 
I wanted to create my own sample. 20 years ago, I went to downtown Los Angeles to have a meeting with a couple of pharmacists and to see if I can do this, if my dream can come true. Because uh, in Iran, we used shampoos that had lots of natural ingredients in them, uh, such as rosemary or lavender. And that's, that's the kind of ingredients that I was after. And I was told that it's not possible. They have ready-made shampoos that they can put my name on it. And I said, no, that's not what I have in mind. It took me almost 18 years to finally make it come true. So what I'm trying to say is that no matter how long it takes, no matter uh, how hard or easy it's going to be, but if you love something enough, if you want something enough, because love and want are not so far away from one another, you desperately want something. You're desperately in love. If you want something, you stick to it. And there is no way that you cannot be successful. Oh, that's exactly my life mantra. I am so loving this. And let me ask you something, Shore. How did you get the calling, I want to be an actress? Because obviously you are fleeing Iran during a very difficult moment in history. Um, I believe you went to another country in Europe. I think it's Switzerland or the UK. Some, where did you move to? UK, yes. UK, okay, great. And then you came. How did you say, I'm going to be an artist? Because obviously here you are a foreigner. Here you are, you know speaking with an accent like I do 30 years later, it's obviously a lot less now for both of us. How did you say I'm going to make it? And why, why be an artist for you? Was it so important? Uh, when I come to think about what I have done with myself, when it comes to acting, I realized that I have sacrificed a lot. I left my birth country, the country of Brilliant, amazing, legendary poets, such as Hafez, Rumi, Sadi, Kayyam, name it. I've left my parents behind. I left my siblings behind. I left my beloved dog, Pasha, his name was, a German shepherd, behind. I left my beautiful home behind. And I left my husband behind because I knew there was no place for a young, outspoken actress like myself back in Iran at the time of the turmoil. A revolution was about to come, and we were all worried that it was going to be a religious revolution, which literally it turned into the Islamic Republic of Iran. The moment I heard the rumors that Ayatollah is coming, coming to Iran via Air France, Ayatollah is in Nafladashatam now. Ayatollahs are deciding for Iran's future now. I knew being familiar with Muslim fundamentalists, I knew that there was no place for me. So I jumped into my car, February 28, 1978, and I drove to Europe. I drove to Turkey. Back then it was Yugoslavia. I was going to go to Germany. But then Germany announced they needed visas for Iranians. So I immediately went to Venice, Venice, south of uh, France, south of France, Paris, Paris, Calais, Calais, London. I sold my car. I sold a little bit of jewelries that I had with me. And I enrolled myself at a university to study political science and international relations. 
I got my BA in 1983 and I started a totally new life. But I tell you how I have always felt living, studying in the UK or living and working in, in the United States, which is now almost 35 years. I never felt like a foreigner, to be honest with you, because everyone is so familiar with our stories, no matter where we come from. You, uh, your, your ancestors came from Greece. I came from Iran, Turkey. Now the whole world knows about each other really well. That's why I never felt like a foreigner. But I tell you how I've always felt ever since I left Iran. I've always felt like a happy, adopted child who's been lucky enough to land in a land that is the land of the opportunity. No matter what, wherever I am in democratic countries, I feel like I can be myself and let the world see through me. Oh, I, I, you know, I love this country as much. And I have to say, I wrote in a diary when I was 14 years old and I wrote something that I said my biggest dream was to go to America forever. I did not know how that was going to happen. All I knew is I was watching the shows like Happy Days and I wanted to do the cap and gown and I wanted to go to the American high school, you know, and have that freedom. And, and I manifested that for myself. And I think anybody who has something to say, whether you're an artist or a business person, it doesn't matter you naturally gravitate towards United States of America because it is the land of opportunity. It is a place where with all its faults, we all get to thrive. Yes, we have the moments where the casting director doesn't see right, but ultimately you get to make it. You get to make your hairline and you get to have, I think, the opportunity to speak your truth in spite of everything that is going on politically. Mm -hmm. So I feel you know, full circle, you're leaving a country in a moment of political turmoil. We are right now almost history repeating itself mm. with what is going on um, in the Middle East on so many countries. And you see an Iranian artist win a Grammy a few days ago with his song. Oh, oh my God. Oh. We were all so happy. We were cheering. We were, I was, I was beside myself crying, laughing at the same time, trying to post it as soon as possible. It was such a moment. And how beautifully done bringing uh, Madam President into this. Yes. Miss Biden. Oh, my God. That was that was a great choice. I love that. I love that. And look at the power of artists. Again, yes. one single artist puts something on social media. He gets millions of people sharing it, mm -hmm. sharing woman, life, freedom, sharing this beautiful worlds. And all of a sudden people become aware. And, you know, Hollywood has been so careful about fighting for human, for female or female women's rights, especially lately with the Me Too movement. Um, do you feel as an artist and as a woman that Hollywood is doing enough to champion women around the world and everything that they're going through? Hollywood is like other entities has been trying its best, at least for the last two decades. I have witnessed a lot of changes, but it's not just Hollywood. It's the whole world. Remember, it's just recently 
when when you look back, especially when when you think of two thousand years of existing, when you look back, it's not long ago that we got our rights to vote. Therefore, it is we are still fresh. We're still new uh, to the uh, men's clubs. Uh, it's uh, I never forget this. Jane Fonda was talking to uh, CNN and she was giving an interview and she referred to the men's club as this is what they love. But eventually we can just put our foot into the door and step by step get in and prove to them that feminism does not necessarily mean that we are better than you. Feminism means that we want to work with you shoulder to shoulder because we think we have the leverage. That's what it means. I feel that the gentle, the gentle style of women in general, because we as women tend to be more gentle. If we want to get something, we have a natural gift for diplomacy. So I think that that message is coming through that we do not need to do it by shouting and, and, you know, cursing people and attacking people, you know, your greatest poets, like you said, even Rumi, I have all his poetry here and Hafiz, that's what they speak about. They speak about the gentleness of the soul and how a gentle soul can do so much more than the aggressor, the warrior, the person that screams and yells, right? Of course. In matriarchal societies, you barely hear someone's shout, but in patriarchal, um, oh my God, on the country, yelling all the time. Yeah. My God, yes. And we live in such exciting times because going back to being foreigners and, and, you know, different cultures and everything, now... They're discovering the power of the international. I have been saying that as a producer from day one, the storytellers, the talent that comes from other countries in the world, they don't even care if a movie is in a foreign language. They just go ahead and dub it or even show it in the foreign language. How excited are you that you have so many more opportunities, even you, Shore, beyond to work with so many great filmmakers from all over the world, like you mentioned, Alfonso Cuaron. I mean, who would be somebody that, and I know it's hard to say because there's so much talent, but you probably get a lot of great projects now, maybe more than ever, because now it's obviously more open. Mm-hmm. So they don't care, right? If there is a script, do you decide based on what's on the page? Do they, I want to play that part? Or do you pay attention to who the filmmaker behind it is? Because you work with some of the great ones. Yes, I've been lucky, thank God. First and foremost, I look at the message of the film. If the message of the film is something that I agree with or would like to take it out and shed light on it and bring it to people's attention, then I'll go for it immediately. As a matter of fact, there is a movie that I've been working on for almost a year now. Today, this morning, I was still working on it. It's a motion capture movie with an amazing message. I hope one day I can get to, I can tell you that what that one sentence is that took me to this movie and made me to do it. No matter how hard it was, I had to travel in between countries and cross the ocean, US, UK, UK, US, all the time, at least for a year, and then carry on here, do the rest here. But 
I'm so happy that I'm a part of this message because, and they keep, they kept asking me, they said, we hope uh, you're not bothered. We hope, I said, don't you worry. I'm here for that one sentence. And I'd love to take this message out the day you are ready to premiere this movie. Oh, you know, the arts are crossing over today. It's true. If you look even at something like Pinocchio, right, with Guillermo del Toro. Oh, my God. Guillermo, Guillermo did an amazing job. So did Disney with yeah. Tom Hanks. I mean. With their own. Yeah, they're both yeah. great. I think Guillermo was 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 particularly different and because he was able to also give a, a mod, almost a modern spin to the tale. Mm -hmm. And it really was about the love of a father, you know, yeah. for his son and also about the political landscape in Italy, of course, which mm -hmm. I thought was very, very important to show, you know. Um, I think both Pinocchios were amazing and obviously we're coming close to the Oscars. Do you feel that there is enough roles for um, important roles for women in Hollywood today? Um for theatrical roles, because streaming, everybody does streaming now. But uh, sadly, not many people go mm. to the theaters anymore, right? Uh, do you feel that there's some roles that you would like to see more um, as an actress and as an audience member in the theaters? Uh, the fact is that nowadays the formula is let's have as many uh, actresses, as many female characters in this movie possible. Let's make sure the diversity has been taken care of. Uh, we see different shades of color in each film and movie and TV series. And I've heard at least from four or five people in Hollywood, producers, executive producers, asking, can we do more, especially for colored women? Can we? What can we do to bring more roles to them? And I keep saying that, look at the international stories, not necessarily American-based or European-based, but let's take a look at these stories that are out and about. Let's say there are at least seven beautiful uh, stories in one book that is called And Then the Mountains Echoed by Khaled Hosseini, the writer of The Kite Runner. Yes. I, if I ever get my hands on directing a movie, I would love to direct the second uh um, the second part of, of his book. Uh, it's about two sisters. Oh my God, it's so strong and it's so philosophical and it makes psychological, it makes so much sense in every which way. And it's it's an amazing, it's pretty symbolic for where, it, where it's coming from. It's telling us the story, not just of the village that the, these two sisters live in, but the country. It's an amazing, amazing book. But what I'm saying is that let's just read international books. Just pick one at the airport. Read oh it while goodness. you're traveling. And yeah, there's so many books. great international books, Shore. You're yeah. so right. I mean, we represent Valerio Massimo Manfredi, who wrote the Alexander the Great and The Last Legion that got made into a movie. Mm -hmm. And at that time, Dino... Um, had cast Ashra, oh God, I don't know her name, Ashwandra Raj, whatever her name, your yeah. name is so much more easy, but <laughs> they were cast her, you know, she's a very famous actress from India, and people, what the hell are you thinking, having Herbie in, in a movie with Colin Firth and everything, well, he clearly knew something at the time, mm -hmm. and I think the books, there's so many great books, 
that come from even from Greece, from the Middle East. And uh, we just got a scoop, people. I don't know if you heard it, but Shoray actually wants to direct. And I think she would do an amazing job at this. And I'd love to see her direct personally, because, hey, Mel Gibson got to direct and he wins Oscars. So why can't a woman actress be also a director? Well, so I'm excited. You you definitely need to pursue this. So I'm going to say <laughs> if I can help along and the way, good. you know, <laughs> as I, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, your support, your support means a lot to me. That's it. Oh, I would oh. definitely dedicate it to you when I make it. <laughs> oh, you're so I am so honored and I'm so blessed to have had you on my show purely because I want to showcase international talent. I want to showcase international voices and filmmakers. And I would have to say, if you were, and this is a surprise question, I know we didn't discuss it, but I'm sure you, you will know what to say. It will come, you'll download it. But <laughs> if you were to say, if you had a rule of life um, of how you conduct your life or something that inspires you, it could be a poem, it could be something, what would it be? Uh, it's Rumi, because uh, that has been my motto for almost 30 years. Beyond the notion of right and wrong, there is a garden. My friend, would you like to meet me there? I'm almost going to cry. I'm having goosebumps because, of course, that is it. And yeah. that is exactly what the world needs to hear today with so much conflict, yes. with so many people going at each other. We thought we were going to become more peaceful after COVID. Unfortunately, we haven't. And if anybody were to live by this principle, I think the world will be so much of a better place. What a beautiful way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Shorey, for coming on my show I can't wait to share it with my listeners. If you've enjoyed it, please go look into the show notes. Watch for Shoray's upcoming films and TV shows and her hair product line because she has beautiful shiny hair. I can see it. You can't. <laughs> so please go by. Um, it's been lovely. And special thanks to also the Eden Magazine um, for facilitating this interview because it's been truly special for me. So thank you for coming on my show, Shoray. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and hope to see you in person and knowing that your ancestors came from Greece. I would love to end with this. Alexia, salga popoli poli. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Heart of Show Business. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at theheartofshowbusiness.com.